garbage. We're going to be talking about how we deal with our children. We're talking about how we deal with friends and strangers. But today, we're going to be focusing on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. So the, the question is, and when I, when, when I go out and talk about um, Jesus, uh, can you give me another mic? Uh, when we're talking about our relationship with Jesus, when I'm going out there talking about Jesus with other people, I ask, how are you and Jesus doing? Because it brings a, a real question. How are you and Jesus truly doing? Okay. How are you and Jesus truly doing? Because, see, the truth is, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, well, you're going to say, oh, not, not too good, I don't even know him. If you know your relationship with Jesus is not good, you don't have a good fellowship with Jesus, you're going to still say, not good. But some of us have ourselves fooled, right? Because when we get to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I'm going to stop right there. I want to park right there. See, because Jesus is not talking about our works. He is, but I never knew you. See, some of us will claim, you know, you ever get somebody talking, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I met Michael Jordan. And they say it like, I know him. Yeah, you know, I met Obama, you know, when he came to Dallas, you know, me, him, me, you know, yeah, I know. And they say it like, you know him? Like, you got him on, like, you pull out the phone, like, you can call him. But I got the personal number, you know, I know him. And, and you ever had that kind of conversation, like, yeah, I met Emmett, I, I met Troy Aikman. And, and they talk about, like, they know that person personally. Some of us have done that in our Christian relationship. Some of us have done that in the church. We have talked about Jesus like, yeah, yeah, me, Jesus is good. But Jesus here is saying here simply, you may have preached. You may have even cast out demons in the name. But he says, I never knew you. He's talking about, I don't have a relationship with you. See, I want us to come back and understand relationships are at the core of our success and failures. The terrible relationships that we have more likely will predict how much of a failure you will be. The successful relationships that we do have will ultimately predict where you're going to go. The jobs that you have, you more likely do somebody. Many of us do not go in there cold, like you don't know anybody. And even in an interview, you are trying to develop a relationship with that person enough where they will say, you know what? I need to hire you. It's all about relationships. It's about relationships when somebody comes into church. If you feel like you're going to be in a church and you cannot develop a relationship, you are less likely to be active in that church, to be a part of that church, to be with that church. Now, if you want to be in a church where there's a million people and you don't have any relationships, you're going to go and gravitate to that type of church because you don't want to develop real relationships. Some of us have very superficial relationships, right? And we know it's superficial because you know you wouldn't call them with your problems. Some of us have super, superficial relationships with our siblings, even with our parents. Some of us would not tell some people in our family our business because you're like, nah, me and him, not, we ain't cool like that. 
And so, but what is your relationship in Christ like? Is it genuine and authentic or is it superficial or even is it non-existent? See, when we get to our first point, the first point is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you truly know him? Do you know Jesus? And, and it, it goes back to knowing Jesus and not the knowledge of Jesus. The demons have a knowledge of Jesus and they shudder. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Not just as your rescuer, but is he also the master in your life? Do you know Jesus? See, many of us as preachers have got caught up into, I want to baptize everybody. We baptize them people, we dunk them, we, we got the water bill high. But what happens is, when we get back into that, that scripture, and that scripture comes back, and he's like, well, I did this, I did this, but you didn't know me. See, we got folks that are in church right now, don't know Christ. We got folks in the pulpit preaching hard this Sunday, don't know Christ. We got people who were singing some solos, Lord, I need you every hour. Sing it hard. You, you couldn't tell them nothing. The church has turned out because how they were singing, but do not know Jesus. You see, I can go do some things, and, and it's just like, oh yeah, I know Obama, so I go vote Democrat, I go do this Democrat, but the truth is, I don't know Obama. I'm just doing things. I'm running through the motions. Some of us, our marriages have been set up like that, right? Some of us don't know our wife. Some of us don't know our husband, or our girlfriend, or our boyfriend, or, or whomever. Well, what you saying, preacher? I'm saying this. You we can put on a wedding ring, but I don't have to act married. I, some of us go to the job and some people are like, you married? Because they know you've been in everybody's face. You've been in my face, right? You married? So they question because there's nothing about you that says you married to that wedding ring. Some of us think, because I came down and got baptized, that makes me saved. What makes you saved is that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not the water. Because I'm going to tell you, that water is not purified. The water ain't all darker. Much of our water is tapped. And for my older generation, it was river water, right? And as we have learned, that river water ain't so pure either. So, so the water didn't save me. What saved me? A knowledge, not just a pure knowledge, but a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so do you know Jesus? God asked us to do this. Examine yourself. He didn't say examine yourself one time. See, some of us, we would do this. The doctor tells us, do self-examination. Check your body out. You know, you, you, you got a bump there. Is that right? Should you have a bump there? So you're supposed to check yourself. And when you check yourself, and when you check yourself, you're supposed to come up with a diagnosis. Something that's right or wrong. You may not know it's right or wrong, but you've been checking yourself. So then you want to go to some other people who have a more expertise to tell you what could be wrong. Now how do you bring that back to the Christianity, uh, preacher? We got to examine ourselves. Even if you've been preaching for 40 years, what's wrong with examining yourself? Is my relationship, and see, the relationship starts, you got a fellowship, right? Do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do I have a relationship? When somebody look at me, do they really think I'm a Christian? And, 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 and the other thing, am I just playing church? 
See, some of us have been brought up to play church, right? I, I know as a young child, we were sometimes taught we could holler. Say amen. Don't you know what the amen was about? Amen. Some of us were amen and keep ourselves away. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh. We, we, and the preacher was, he was getting hyped. He don't even know you just amen the same way. It's, so, so we've been taught that. Some of us, and we hear good, well, we get, oh, yes. He just said, well, what did he really do for us? Nothing yet. He ain't given us any meat yet. He said, Jesus, well, I need some more meat, preacher. And so, so when we get there, when we see that, when we see these are our, our, our situations, we got to examine ourselves. Do I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Do I believe that he died on the cross for my sin? That without his death on the cross, that I was doomed to hell? And then, did he die on that cross for me? Yes. So then did, do I believe that he was put in that tomb and was buried, was dead in the tomb? And three days later, God up with all power. Do I believe that as my Lord and Savior? And then, is he my Savior and Lord? See, some of us just want Jesus to be your rescuer. See, when somebody helps you on the side of the road, you ain't got to give them nothing, right? Many of us have seen these, the, the ice people come by, help you during the ice storm, and, and they help you with your flat tire, the road side assistance, then they go on about their business. But when somebody, somebody's your master, they can take your car, you're like, well, I got to get I got let me get in the car with you. Because they're your master. They're telling you somewhere to go. Is Jesus just your roadside assistance or is he your director of life? See, many of us just want the roadside assistance of Jesus. But God says, no, 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 no. I'm director too. And then this is another thing. When you get in a car, is it two wheels or one wheel to drive? It's one wheel. One wheel to drive. It's only, you only can do this. Many of us want Jesus to do a two-wheel. That look crazy, doesn't it? Because now he's not my master. He just, he just, you know, he, he my rose dog. He, he just right beside me. He wants to get my roadside sisters. Jesus needs to be our master, Lord and Savior. So do you know Jesus? This was at the heart of the, the question that was being asked. That in spite of going to church every Sunday, that in spite of watching TBN, in spite of listening to Heaven Night 7, in spite of maybe you go to Bible study, the question comes to it, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And then he said that everyone that calls on me is not saved. There's some folks, my Jehovah Witness cousins. I don't say cousin, I don't even want to say cousin. Because see, my Jehovah Witness friends, Believe that they're saved, but only 144,000 of them are going to go. The rest of everybody else is going to perish somewhere. You see, that's not of the Lord. That's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible that for my Mormon brothers, uh, not brothers, but friends, my Mormon friends, we will not be gods. They believe they will be a god eventually. And, 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 my, and my friends, I don't have to marry more women so that I can get to heaven. That's one of the reasons why they marry more. Because that's, that's the, that work. When you look at every other faith, you got to work your way into heaven. Do you understand on that good Friday that Christ did all the work? And on that good 
Sunday morning, he really did all the work, that he said, all I have to do is believe in him. I don't have to work my way. And this is the biggest thing. He says, I don't want you to repent of being a drug addict. I want you to repent of not believing in me as your Lord and Savior. And this is what I would do. Once you have given my, your life to me, I start directing you. I start directing the drugs out. I start directing the, the beds that you've been laying in. I start directing all the filthiness and sin out your life. See, that's what Lord and Savior really means. See, I repentance is not, let me repent so I can get myself right. I got to clean myself up for church. No. That's not of the word. That's a, that's a saying. That's not, a, that's not of God. God took the worst of the worst. He took us, like I, how many times I said, and I sank your draws. And he says, and I will wash them. Jesus said, before I present you to my father, I'm going to take care of the spot and wrinkle. Spot the external. Wrinkle the internal. I'm going to take care of the external things in your life, and I'm going to take care of the internal things in your life. Going back to the question, do you know Jesus? So then we have to get to our second point. So, no, come back. Do you have a connection? Jesus uses an analogy in John 15, uh, 1 through 11. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branch. Well, for some of us, especially city folk, we are vine. Like, you mean like the honeysuckle stuff? Like, what does that mean? I'm going to break it down so we can break it down. He is our tree, and we are his branches. Now, for a lot of us, we know what a, a switch looks like. It's a branch. And some of us got hit by some trees. We that's another story, right? Another story. But but he is our tree, and we are his branches. And this is what he says. Go ahead to the next one. He said, we have to have a connection with him. Now, why do I have to have a connection? In a good relationship, a good relationship, you have a connection. See, you ever seen married folks who don't look like they're married? They just look like they're roommates. They just like, man, I'll see you later. I'm like, I, I really hate to be with you. I, I once, before Kelly, was dating a young lady, very beautiful young lady, but she came and said one time, I think you don't like me. And in my heart, I was like, ooh, how does she know that? <laughs> but I said, oh, girl, girl, you're crazy. But I was with her because she was beautiful. I went with her because with her I was trying to make a connection. You see how empty it was? You see, the thing was, I didn't have a connection with her. Could not connect. Too many different things. Could not connect. Our marriages most time end because of the lack of that connection. Something has, has stopped the connection. And when you can't connect, you can't energize. You can't grow. You can't, you can't just explode. You can't multiply. You cannot be fruitful because there is no connection. We have to connect. Now, why, why do we have to connect with Jesus? This is the thing. Jesus said, those that are connected with me, my branches, they should bear fruit. They should bear, bear fruit. A superficial relationship cannot bear fruit. A superficial relationship is not really connected. See, going back to uh, some of our friendships, right, Beverly? We got these friendships. And you know, you see, hey, how you doing? Oh, it's all this stuff. It's good to see you. Now, the men they leave, ooh, you know, I, I always hated them. 
I, I really hated that. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, and sometimes you see somebody and you like, oh, how they don't see me, and you keep on walking that way, right? Because you got a superficial relationship, and it's all, it's all right. Some of us got superficial relationships like that. Some of us have some uh, and, and some superficial relationships. We have people at our job. We, you know, they're only work friends. You would not, you would not invite them to your house. You would invite them to church. You wouldn't do any of those things. You say it's a superficial relationship. I know I have work friends. I, and some of us have, we have family member friends. You don't want them to show up at your job. Because you're like, oh, you can't show up at my job. Because I don't want everybody to know that. See, authentic, genuine relationship digs at a, a deeper level. See, see, when you can call somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning, can you come pick me up? See, that's a real relationship. See, we all have to have that one person, that one, you should have that one genuine relationship where you can call on somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning, they, they'll come pick you up. So you can't call on superficial friends for that. First of all, a superficial friend is not going to get up. Second of all, if they do, they're going to look over like, ooh, why are they calling me? Because it's a superficial relationship. See, if Jesus called on you right now, would you move? If Jesus said, Teresa, I need you to go to Africa right now, would you move? That's good. Said, I'm in church. I guess I will. <laughs> but, but many of us, our relationship, and, and there's some levels, right? Because God is all about maturity. There's some levels. God knows. Some of us, he said go to Antarctica. You be like, what? You know, we be like Jonah. I might need to go the other way. I don't know about that, Lord. I don't know. Like, can we pray about that? Can, let me give, give me a couple days to pray. Lord is saying, I want a genuine relationship with you. I want it to be authentic. I gave you my son to die on the cross. I'm telling you, there's nothing a man can do more than lay down his own life. So I'm telling you, I want a genuine relationship. Will you have a genuine relationship with me? What do you mean? Will you talk with me? See, a real relationship, you can talk about the nitty gritty. Can you talk in your real relationships about the dark stuff in your life? And, and, and something my wife said, and, and not feel like you're going to be judged? See, some of us will not share with other people because we don't want to see the judgment in their eyes. So we don't tell them anything. We are struggling with issues that is beyond our control and we need help. But we feel like we can't go to anybody. But don't we first know the first relationship that we should have is Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is saying, I know the darkness in your heart. I already know it. So why not tell me? I, I put on all sin for you. Why not tell me? And this is what Jesus does. He said, then I will give you according to your needs. If you need a friend on this earth that you can reveal your hurt, some of us have been... <coughs> Through abuse, there's some members in here who have been molested and they have never told anybody. There's some members in here who have been raped, haven't told anybody. They talk to Jesus, but they really need to talk to somebody else too. They need, they need some counseling. They, they need to release that. We have some folks that have been cheated on, beaten up, abused. We got some survivors in this room today. But God is saying, when you have some authentic, genuine relationships, I take you from survivor mode to conqueror mode. Yeah. 
Because see, there's no one man gang. There's no Rambo. Rambo is a, is a, a myth. Ain't nobody gonna get out there and, and shoot the whole Iraqi army by himself. Sorry. And you ain't gonna take on Satan all by yourself. You need Christ Jesus, first of all. Then second of all, you need your brothers and sisters with you in the city and praying with you. You need that. But your brothers and sisters have to also have what? That connection to Jesus Christ. See, too many times we call on folks that don't have any connections. See, you ever seen a tree that, that they let everything else to grow around the tree? So you're like, is that the tree or is that the stuff around the tree growing in it? See, we've allowed some things to grow in our lives. Some weeds to grow up. The weed of, of too much TV. The weed of alcohol. The weed of drugs. The weed of, we, we look for everybody's acceptance. The weed of, uh, I can't encourage myself. I need others to encourage me. I can't find my encouragement in Jesus Christ. I need this man or this woman to encourage me. So we're doing everything and, and they beckon and call. And Christ Jesus said, I didn't call you to be that. But we let everything kind of grow up in there. And these weeds are destroying or hurting our fellowship with Christ Jesus. Because when was the last time you really got in your word? When was the last time you really had quality time with Christ Jesus? Is your quality time just on a Sunday morning? Or is your quality time at least daily? Is your quality time at least twice a week? I'm not even going to the daily. You got twice a week, you have some quality time. I remember I was asking uh, one of my mentors, how many date nights should I have with my wife? He said, at least weekly. I said, well, I'll do it on payday. Lord. Because, see, this is the thing. No one was teaching me that you need to spend that quality time with your wife. You know, I was told you go work. You bring that paycheck home. That, and that is true. But you got to spend some quality time in your relationships. And vice versa. See, I got still caught after that woman. I thought that was done on July 28, 2007. I thought that was the end of that. But I still have to seek after her. Why do you say that, preacher? I need to continue to seek after God. He's still seeking after me. He's still bringing me fresh roses every day. He still bring me fresh, fresh blessings every day. He still waking me up every day. So he's courting after me. Why not court back after him? See, this is a, this. Now you want to know an ultimate relationship when a man don't have to do all the courting. Uh oh. Now I'm saying my lady's like, what? 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 What you talking about, preacher? When a man is chasing after two in the relationship, that man feel good. Like I'm special too. Okay, I'll leave it there. Because we got my choir, right, man? Me like, man, that's right. It's just me and the brothers, okay. When we have this connection, this is how we have truly abundant life. Now, what is real fruit? Real fruit is when we get into that Galatians, that Galatians 5, 22-23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
See, those are some of the real fruit. There's some more fruit, but can we have that the base of our, of our fruit? Do you have love for other people? Do you love God and love your neighbor? Do you love God and love your neighbor? Do you have joy? Despite the circumstances that you have, can you praise God? See, that's a fruit. Can you have patience and peace? Do people, when they see you like, oh Lord, here she come. That, that's a rowdy one. Or do they see, here is a peacemaker. Do you have that fruit? Do you have the fruit where people can talk to you and they know you have a kind spirit? There's some kindness that comes from you. Do you have a goodness about you? Are you loyal and faithful to the word? And then last, do you have some self-control? See, some of us, we get that phone call from the bill collector. We let the bill collector know we can put that bill. That's not self-control, y'all. That's not, it's not. Me telling you, boop, 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 and put the boop bill there. Now, the bill collector just don't hit a little job. Now, the bill collector might came off a little wrong, right? When y'all pay that bill. Well, I ain't going to pay that bill, boop, boop. The bill collector breaking law, we don't have to break our spiritual law. Let him be foolish and let others be giving glory to God, right? But, but see, but we have to be connected to Christ Jesus. We have to stay with that connection. Then we get to that last. And we're talking about the fruit. So he gets into verse 24. He gets into verse 24. And he says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine... And put them in practice like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew, and beat against that house. Yet, he, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. What's your house built on? What is your life built on? Is your life built on Jesus Christ? Is your life built on the rock? Or is your life built on the sands of, uh, of my philosophy? Is your life built on a rock? The rock that took you through college. The rock that took you through when the bills were low, you still somehow got to pay. It took you through when the marriage seemed like you were out to break up. Somehow y'all made it through those storms. When your kids were acting a fool, somehow you made it through. When that man would put his hands on you, somehow the Lord preserved your life and preserved you. And now that man is gone out so life. Is your life built on a rock or is it built on sand? The sand is where I go to church when I feel like it. The saying is, well, I'll read the Bible when I feel like it. And I only want to read Jeremiah 29, 11. The Lord got a plan for me. And I'm only going to read Romans 8, 31. The Lord is with me. I'm not going to get in the Word. And I'm only going to pray around the uh, time to eat. Uh, the, you know, we're going to, uh, God's great, God's good. Thank you for his food. No, is your life really built on a rock? See, when you have a rock life, that house can't move. You can't just shake it. When things happen, when the, the tornado comes, the hurricane comes, and when the storms come of life, it just doesn't move. The foundation is solid. But when you got a sand life, it don't matter who comes around. Your house is just shaking around. You're shaking, shaking. You're in the house like, Lord, what's going on? Because your house was built on sand. And I'm telling you, your life.
life needs to be built on the rock. How can I get on the rock? You first had to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What do I also need to do? Let's turn in our bullets. Turn to the last page. Because I want to get you some, some tools for the rock chiseling in your life. See, we got to start our day off with some quality time. See, I, I love quality time. I don't like the time we talk about everything else. I want some quality time with my wife. So, so if I want quality time with my wife, I first need to start the day off with quality time with my Lord. You see, quality time ain't me running in and out. Quality time, just like with my wife. I love you. I got to go. That's not quality time. Quality time with the Lord, I'm going to take me 30 minutes. I'm going to take me at least, and you might have to build up to the 30. I'm going to take me at least 10 minutes in that morning. And I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to be, I'm going to concentrate and focus on the Lord. See, I already know what's at the job. I already know what's at, 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 at what's going on in my house. I already know what's going on in my family. <coughs> but the, the Lord's saying, but do you know what's going on with me? Do you know, are you in my will? So you start the day off with prayer and quiet time. And then I'm going to ask all of you, Half Price Books got $2 devotionals. Get you a devotional or get you a reading plan. But get in God's word. And when I say devotional, a devotional takes about a minute to read. But get in there. If it's your bathroom, many of us have spent much of our time in our bathroom. Well, turn that to your little prayer closet. And just be in there and just be with the Lord. If you want to sing, sing. You want to shout, shout. It don't matter. But what I want you to do, spend a part of that time to be quiet. Don't, don't, don't pray. Don't talk. Don't read. Just meditate and focus on Lord. Focus on what Jesus can do in your life. Focus on what he wants to direct your life. And so, so if I'm on that rock, I got to read my Bible daily. If I'm on that rock, I need to start meeting with believers at least three times a week. Wait, wait. Well, I meet on Sunday. I, I meet on Tuesday or Wednesday night. But we need to have some time outside of church where you got some believer, somebody who you can connect with, who they can intercede and pray with you, where you, can, where you got a friend at work, where you can spend that time, where you're building a relationship in Christ together. Much of the Bible talks about duos, Paul and Silas, Peter and John. It always talks about somebody beside you. It's hard to be the Lone Ranger Christian, and even the Lone Ranger had time to. You need somebody. Even Batman had Robin. You need somebody. Even Superman had Lois and Jimmy Austin. You need somebody. You need somebody. And as you get in your toolbox, I'm going to say you need to get involved. I said victory. But wherever church, wherever place, you need to get involved in your church. Involved don't mean Sunday morning and we got to worship on. We, the church, you should have a church that should be working in the community. They should have some plans to transform the city for God. And if your church don't have no plans, you need to go pray about that. Because God has called us to be transformed makers for his name. And then you got to pray again. So you're starting your day off in prayer, but we got to stay say, do not cease. You got to stay in prayer. Because when, we have when the boss talk crazy to you. Sometimes we want to go talk crazy back to him. And the Lord says, pause, 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 live on the rock, pause, live on the rock. Come on, call my name. Lord have mercy. 
Don't let me say anything to these folk. That's, that's what you got to say. Sometimes you got to hold that tongue and talk to the Lord. You got to pray throughout the day. And then you got to start loving your neighbor. See, many of our problems, while we're not living on a rock, because we got grudges out there. See, that's a sad life. When I see somebody, and I'm like, ooh, I hate that boop, boop, boop. That mother boop, boop. That is a sin. That's a sad life. God is calling us to a deeper rock life. He said, I want you to let go. You're going to love your neighbor, then you're going to have to forgive. Some of us got to forgive ourselves. Some of us have to forgive our past. Some of us got to forgive our daddy, our mama. Some of us got to forgive that person who abused us. So we got to forgive, let go, and let God deal with it. Because when you start letting go of the chains that have been holding you down, you start walking a little freer. You start moving a little freer. So you start dancing on the rock. Because you are a solid life. And then when you get there, we got to obey and live God's word. Too many times we want to read God's word, but we don't want to obey it. See, to obey it means I, I, I'm not going to have that fear. I'm not going to be smoking with everybody. I'm not going to be watching everything. I'm not going to be doing everything. I can't go to everybody's party. See, but it's fun. I'm going to tell you something. This life with Christ is not boring. It is full of fun. It's full of energy. But you got to change your perspective. God is calling for something deeper. What so, seems so temporary. You could be at the best party. You think it's a rage party. Everybody drunk. Smoke is going. But you know what? I got a party that will last for eternity. I, I got a party where you ain't worried about oh, the police coming in. Because you ain't worried about are they going to shoot tonight. You ain't worried about what, what, is that girl going to say something to me. Or you ain't worried about is there a fight going to break out. Because I got a party that's going to last forever. And at that party, everybody going to get their praise on. Everybody going to get their praise on. Ain't nobody going to be fighting. There's only going to be hallelujah and shouting going on. I know I'm about to have that kind of party. And then we're going to start telling others about Christ. See, we're going to live on a rock. Why would you tell other people to get rescued? If I see you seeking deep in sin, why would I try to grab your hand and tell you about Christ Jesus? Now, it's not me saying, you need to find Jesus. It's me, do you know I was jacked up? Do you know I'm still got some jacked up stuff in me? And it's Christ Jesus that saved me. It's Christ Jesus that pulled me out of my hole. It's Christ Jesus that went and took my very life. It's Christ Jesus that turned me all the way around. He turned my anger against, against my parents. He turned my anger against the people that talked about me. He turned my anger. and He, he took all that insecurity that I had. He took all that, that when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like myself. He took all that and said, I knit you. I made you beautiful. He, he took all that and he said, you know what? You came in this world like a coal. But like a coal, if it's put under a lot of pressure, and a lot of fire and, and all that pressure. You know that coal starts making diamonds. And God saying, I want to take your cold life and I want to make a diamond. So you got to start talking to folks like that. You got to start talking to folks like, I'm some jacked up stuff, but I got a great God. I'm a mess, but God made a miracle. I'm not one that was out there. I was not the 99 sheep. I was the one he had to chase after. I was the one that was messing up. But God said, I love him and I want him in my house. And then at the end of your day, instead of winding down to Atlanta Housewives, and I know Nene funny, and it's cool, I'm not, I'm not bashing Atlanta Housewives, and this is what I am doing. Insert God at the end of your day, because there's some stuff you need to pray about when you get to the nighttime. There's some family members you got out there 
they ain't came back home yet. There's some folks that have talked to you so bad, you really want to tell them everything that they, that they were not a child of God. And you need God to help you. I want you to wind that down right there. Just wind that down. See, when you're living on the rock, when you're living on the rock, I don't care what's coming at you. Because God's got you. When you're living on the rock, I don't care what you've been through. God's cleaning that up. I don't care what you think you are. God said, I am a transformer. I make the crooked straight. When you're living on the rock, it don't matter who's coming against you. Because you know what? I got a God that's going to smash every statue, every idol, every mess in my life. I got a God that says, I love you. So the question is, as we come to the end of and conclude, how are you doing in Christ Jesus? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you have a strong fellowship with Jesus? You're saying, well, preacher, I've been out there. Cool. Cool. Are you ready this morning for him to be your Lord and Savior? And if you say, I'm not ready, what's holding you back? What's so good in the world? What's so really good in the world that's holding you back from Christ Jesus? Because see, it's nothing really that good. Because when you really analyze it, when you really break it down, it's been breaking you down. It's been tearing you apart. It's been destroying your family and your life. But I know a God that says, I will redeem you. What the locusts took away, I can bring back. I'm that type of God. So what's holding you back from Christ Jesus? Today, I will say, make a change. The doors of the church are open. Amen. 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 <laughs>